Well, it's said that a picture is worth a thousand words, and I think that's an understatement. Looking back at the events uh, in the horrible shooting in Uvalde, uh, I'm left with two images. Uh, this is the first one. It's the one we use for the thumbnail. It's the crease in the uh, hat of one of the Border Patrol agents who drove 40 miles to actually break into the school and do something about this active shooter. Uh, he was apparently getting a haircut at the time, although there are two guys involved, and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if I can get them separated, but somebody was in a barber chair. Anyway, one of them got a text from his wife saying there's an active shooter at the school, and being in the middle of a, of a barber's chair in Texas, he said, do you have a weapon? And the barber apparently had a shotgun, and so he and a partner could... 40 miles rolling away to, to try and do something to stop the guy who was doing all of this killing. The other image I have in my mind is this one. Uh, this is a uh, apparently a member of the uh, Uvalde Police Department. And you'll notice that he appears to have a vest on. He certainly has something like uh, an M4 uh, hanging from a strap around his neck. But if you look closely in his right hand, you'll see the taser that he's holding. And the taser is there to subdue the parents and other citizens who were trying to get into the school to prevent the murder of their children while people like this guy with his AR-15 or M4, whatever the case may be, high-powered military assault weapon, was basically standing around making sure that nobody went in to do the job that he was supposed to do. And by the way, can we just get this out of the way? For most of human history, virtually all of human history for the time we've been human, a sharp pointy stick has been a military-grade assault weapon. So let's just call it what it is. It's a weapon, okay? And all of this has, once again, the President of the United States goes down there and laments that can nobody stand up to the gun lobby? Thanks for not politicizing it, great uniter. But what I'm left with is a complete and total sense that everything that these people tell us is the answer is wrong. We're told that ownership of our own uh, weapons is, is not only inconceivable, but anathema. There's no reason whatsoever to have this kind of weapon. Well, there is if somebody inside's got a weapon like that, but put that aside. We're told that we're not have to, we don't have to worry about being armed ourselves, you see, because we can always call law enforcement, and they're specially trained on how to use the weapons. Okay, they may be specially trained on how to use the weapons, but they're not specially trained on getting into a dangerous situation when somebody's children are involved. This is what I mean when I talk about heroism and I talk about the kind of heroism that, that in movies makes for believable movie characters. Because not, not only were a number of men basically being physically restrained, tied up, tied down, kneeled on, tased, gassed, all of this stuff, to stop them from going in and doing the job that the policemen were supposed to do, but a fair number of women were doing it too. This is what people do when they have their children at stake. And of all of the things in this horrendous situation, the thing to me that is the most appalling, most disgusting, the most difficult to, to, to come to grips with is the idea that I might be standing there and watching a number of heavily armed police officers standing around talking while gunshots and screaming are coming inside the school, and I decide to go in there, probably unarmed in some cases, probably in most cases the cases of the parents, to do something while these people not only are not doing anything, they are going to basically subdue me so that I can't go in there and, you know, I don't want to take the law into my own hands. Uh, sir, I'm sorry you can't take the law into your own hands. Well, somebody had better take the law into their own hands. And if you guys are not going to take the law into your own hands, then I'm going to take the law into your own hands. I don't need to get into this whole thing about, about the whole debate, right? It's just very simple for me. Very simple. We know 
how to reduce these things. We'll never stop them because that's the human condition. I'll come back to that in a minute, but we certainly know how to reduce them. There's no question about this. Experts on the psychology of mass shooters says the same thing again and again and again and again and again. They all agree, and really, one guy especially has been making it his mission to explain to CNN and Fox and all the rest of these people that if you want these things to stop, you've got to stop publicizing it. You've got to stop glamorizing it. This is essentially a case of suicide by cop. And once again, the guy's made news around the world. I'm not mentioning his name. I'm never mentioning the name of these, of these murderers and these animals. And of course, we find out now that he had posted on social media his desire to go shoot up a school. That wasn't censored or rolled back by Twitter or YouTube, wherever else it was on social media, because, you know, that wasn't like he was saying something really crazy, like, like maybe this Hunter Biden laptop is, has got some dangerous stuff on it. Those people, those are the dangerous to our republic. Those people have to be repressed. Not the guys who are talking about going up and shooting up a school. Those people, nah, the algorithm doesn't see them. Nothing to worry about here. When politics becomes not only divorced from, but antithetical to philosophy, which is the study of thinking, the, the, the love of thought, the idea that you can figure out something about human behavior. When our politics becomes antithetical to any fundamental philosophy, then things like this are going to continue. We're going to continue to see mass murderers shooting children with impunity while law enforcement stands outside and discusses what to do, meanwhile keeping parents from going in and doing the job that they're supposed to do. So what does all this mean? It's an old cliche in, in uh, movies from the time when I grew up that when somebody was hysterical, the way you solved that problem was to <laughs> snap out of it, right? Snap out of it. Sharp administration of pain to get you out of your emotional hysteria. And I think deep history is going to look back on these days that we live in now as, as, the, as, the, as the great slappening. The time when we came out of this, this period of, of pink cloud wishful thinking fantasy when, when reality again and again and again stepped up to slap us as, as a species in the face and remind us that no, things are not the way we wish them to be, they're the way they are. So here's what I take away from the situation. First of all, uh, the President of the United States said, my God, will no one stop the gun lobby? Uh, my understanding of the situation was it wasn't the gun lobby that did the shooting. And if you think that you should not be able to have those kind of weapons because that should be reserved to the police, well, we saw a number of policemen with those weapons doing absolutely nothing. So the idea that the police or the law enforcement or society or the collective will somehow defend us or our children when moments count is, is plainly wrong and has always been, but now it's wrong on camera. You know, there's an old saw, and it's a great one too, that basically says, you know, when, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away or hours, depending on what the case may be. So Number one, this idea that, that only the police should be trusted with these kind of weapons is, has been and will always be just plain nuts. But the slap in the face comes from the fact that we now live in a time not only where the police don't protect us, they didn't, the police could never prevent crimes. The police's job is to draw a chalk circle around the victims and try and figure out who did it. Those days of dragnet where, 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 you know, where Joe Friday kicks in the door just as somebody's about to be shot, that doesn't happen. It never happened. It's a fantasy, right? So, number one, you are responsible for your own safety. You don't have to like that. And I know it's a big burden on people. It's certainly a burden on everybody. Some of us are willing to accept the reality of that and others are not, but that's their personal choice. That's number one. Number two, 
this idea that the type of weapon involved would somehow affect the outcome is just plain madness. Let's just say you could snap your fingers and make all of these things magically disappear. And you can't, by the way, you can't. But let's just say for the sake of this ridiculous argument that you could. Then somebody with this amount of, of, of evil, narcissistic rage, pride, despair, whatever. And, and the parents, by the way, the mother told us not to judge uh, her son, the shooter, because he had his reasons for doing this. Okay, okay, you know. There is a, a time, I think, that precedes the great slapping, uh, which is called the death of shame. Um, but number one, we're responsible for our own protection. We can't, this, this fantasy that the, that the rest of the world is a perfectly safe place where nothing ever goes wrong has got to come to an end. So was I, was I horrified when I heard the news? Yes. Was I surprised when I heard the news? No. Will I be horrified when the next shooting occurs? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Because talking about these things in a manner of addressing them doesn't take away the revulsion, the disgust, the horror, the sympathy, the, 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 sheer, the sheer unknowingness of it, the disbelief that somebody could actually do those things. But they've happened before. They'll happen again. And the reason they will happen again is because we are basically, fundamentally, historically, a species that does, in fact, behave itself extraordinarily well under virtually all circumstances. But you put 330 million people, you put 8 billion people together, for that matter, whatever. To expect that these things will never happen is to, is to not only deny who and what we are, but it's also to, to deny any chance of reducing it because we will never be able to stop this. You see, the, the, the left thinks that the problem is the guns. We go after the guns. It's not the guns. It's not a gun problem. It's an evil problem. And instead of going after the gun lobby, I'm surprised that the president didn't say, you know, we need to do something about the evil lobby. We need to do something about the people that are doing the killing rather than the things they're using to do the killing with. The weapons in this case are as clear as can be. The weapons are morally neutral. The murderer had an AR type 15 weapon. The people who stopped the murderer had an AR type 15 weapon. The weapon is not the problem. As this goes on, and the nation's spotlight is focused appropriately enough on this horrific act, in cities all across America, all of them run by Democrats, this number of murders happens every total, three days maybe? It is abundantly clear to me by now, given the number of times we've seen this, that the left, and in fact probably politicians in general, have no interest in really alleviating this problem, have no real interest in trying to prevent them. Because if they did, we know what to do. We simply refuse to show the name, face of the people that did the murdering. We don't do a body count so that some other guy can figure I can beat that number. We, we do all of the things to deglamorize it that the psychologists who study mass shootings basically say is the primary motivation for people to do them in the first place. We could do that. We could, we could have an algorithm that looked for uh, not, not just the dis not just a violent description of acts, but bragging about them, you know, that kind of thing. I'm going to do this. We could have an algorithm that do that, but no, we don't. We have an algorithm that silences the truth when it disagrees with the, with the people who write the algorithms. 
We could start treating our children as if they're as valuable as the money we keep in a bank or any other place that we arm uh, or guard closely, although my understanding is that there might have been a guard at the school who did absolutely nothing, and a guard who does nothing is worse than no guard at all, at all and we know that. And finally, we could start asking ourselves some pretty serious questions about what it is to be a sheepdog and why this is not the kind of job for everybody. Because ultimately, when you really get down to it, this is the, the, the giant lesson that, that Uvalde shows us, is that people who wear the uniform, who have the weapons, will stand around with their arms crossed, waiting for their tactical shooters, their body armor, their specialist teams. You know, that's the defense that the, uh, that the police gave. We were waiting for our specialist teams. The officers went in there, they took fire, and so they left. Okay, well... If you're standing outside next to a, a group of civilians and you've got a taser in your hand to take down the next mom who has been begging you to go in there and do something about this, and you're going to tase her and handcuff her and take her away for trying to save the life of her children because you won't, and you've got a vest and you've got a military-style assault rifle hanging around your neck, then what? who are you? What are you? If you were a mall cop, if you were armed with pepper spray or something, this would be understandable. I still think I'd try to do something about it, but at least be understandable. You're heavily armed people. You're, you're waiting for the specialist to come. So that's where we are now, right? Are you going to do anything to defend yourself? No, I'll wait for the police. Are the police going to do anything? No, they're going to wait for the SWAT team. SWAT team going to do anything? No, they're going to wait for the armor. And meanwhile, the screams inside continue and the gunshots continue. And, 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 40 miles away, out of the sound, but not out of the reach of the electronics anyway, of the murdering going on in a, in a school in Uvalde, one or two men get the message, grab the nearest weapon, drive for 40 miles, and put an end to this. So despite all of the horror and despair, we're left with what we started with. We're left with a species that is capable of astonishing evil in, in the case of its most defective members, and astonishing heroism in the case of virtually everyone else. This image of a baseball cap creased by a bullet from a guy who drove a long way to do the job that the people outside the building weren't going to do for whatever reason reminds us that it's not just horror and not just aberration and not just murder and not just evil, that there is in fact great heroism and courage in the world, that there's good in the world, and that this good is everywhere we look for it. And let me just close by one thing here, because I think this really needs to be said. Of all of the officials in this country, of all the people who have a badge of some kind, some sort of official authorization to carry weapons, I cannot imagine a single group of them that has been more libeled, slandered, reviled, uh, lied about, uh, uh, criticized, uh, and most importantly, perpetually prevented from doing the job of heroism that they signed up to do than the Border Patrol. If there's, if there's not a group of, of, of men and women out there, mostly men, mostly heroic men, if there's not a greater group of people in this country who had a better excuse to not go, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. And still, Still, we find men that will do this job. 
what was it, a few months ago when a Border Patrol agent lost his life trying to go into the river to rescue somebody who was drowning because they were trying to illegally come into the country because the politicians had basically laid out a welcome mat? There's one thing I can pretty safely say about the guy who was wearing this baseball cap, and that is that if you talk to him about what he did, the first words out of his mouth would not be to inform you what his personal pronouns were. 